0: Hello, I'm Brad, and I'm Jason. You are listening to Dice. Dice I don't know if if it's uh, just me, but I have been, um, in a good way, overwhelmed by all of the good sci-fi that is out or coming out on tv jason you and i were just talking
1: about yes yes
0: kenobi halo um you know if you go back now it's 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 past it's past but just that. yes the the picard when when they um did the the picard teaser you know um i'll be quite honest with you they really John Delancey really did a good job of showing an aged cue without it being like so dramatic, you know.
1: So I'm, I've I'm still, oh my God. I just, yes, I would like to wander around the stargazer a little bit. I just, I love what I, you know, it's just too paraphrase and perhaps bastardize a well-known klingon exclamation today is a good day to be alive you think of 2022 mm-hmm. we still we started with the pandemic roaring um we're not mm-hmm. we're not that far past the terror in ukraine and yet there are these glimmers of hope of goodness like you said th- there has been an I mean, it's like it's a golden age of. I mean, I, I, I mean, maybe that's overstating it, but I don't think so, Red. I think it's a golden age of science fiction on screen, right? You've also got Foundation, which yeah, wasn't which that long ago. Really, we still have me. to talk about that. I love. I know that show. it's been months, but it's it's. I mean, that even hooked completely hooked my fourteen year old daughter. Yeah. Um, and then also there are hints of exceptional fantasy. Uh, uh, what you've got, um, Power of the Rings coming in September, and yeah, that's a ways off, and it's not sci-fi, but it promises to be very well produced, and it 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 might have legs. I mean, we're hopeful. But but to stay with sci-fi, yeah, I man, am I looking for? There's just so much out right now.
0: Couple, just a couple random points. One, um, February came uh, a game came out called Elden Ring. And mm-hmm, it is mm-hmm. the first, what I would say, um, platform-changing title in terms of um, video games. Now, you, so, we, see, we don't I, really I've talk never about,
1: played, so, so tell me more no. about this.
0: And, and neither one of us, I don't have time to play, just isn't my nope. thing anymore. Nope. Um, you and I played very little. We weren't big gamers. But Elden Ring held people um, almost mentally hostage- um, when it came out, um, right around the time that, um, unfortunately, the situation in Ukraine blew up, mm-hmm. um, there was always people were were feeling this threat that there was going to be nuclear war. And um, I know you're wondering where I'm going with this. There was a tweet that had, had had hundreds of thousands of retweets where it was like, I don't care if World War III comes, Putin better wait until I can play Elden Ring. and yeah. I it, the hype. Yeah. There was a lot of hype. And so in, that's a new, that's a newer genre or in terms of like ecosystem world. Um, and then, uh, you know, shoot, I can't remember what the other point I was going to make was, but um, you know, um, Modifius in the past actually announced the retirement of mutant Chronicles. Yes. So I'm anxious to see the new, um, IP that might be coming out soon. Mm-hmm. I know that that Chris and um, others have kind of teased it online that there mm-hmm. might be some new IP. Mm-hmm. So, and hopefully in a future episode we can get some further info on that.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um you know, it's just there's so I'm, much. I'm, I don't want to share any insider trading. I'm assuming they're turning the Fraggles into an RPG. That's just oh. my guess.
0: Yeah. Oh, which reminds me, that was the other thing I was going to mention. Recently, I watched the episode the ds9 episode trouble with tribbles (laughs) and it's a great episode if you're not a ds9 fan or haven't watched it it's where the ds9 crew goes back in time and actually is in yeah in effect for lack of a
1: it's in it they're in a
0: start they're in the triple star trek episode it it was
1: cutting edge production at the time cutting edge Yeah. yeah and
0: i just watched that recently and even now years later it's still well
1: done it's one of the it's one of the only retcons in trek that i think legitimately worked like you were you were really pleased with it i just love the the wharf
0: i just love the wharf thing where the klingons are in the bar with scotty and Chekhov, and the klingons obviously had from roddenberry's perspective kind of a soviet union-esque type of feel to them Mm -hmm. um they were they were perfectly humanoid with just some some you know you know like the mustaches that talk about retcon well and then so then Worf comes in and they're you know they're talking those are klingons and Worf just kind of shakes his head and looks down he goes we do not
1: talk about it and then you go back later and enterprise actually. I was just gonna say, yeah, you know. Okay, so. in, in all fairness, actually, although that was a bit of a reach on enterprise, it actually worked. Yeah. To justify here's here are the experiments, the genetics that went wrong. Yeah. And and this is our way out.
0: Well, and, and in that episode, they had uh Darwin in the episode, the, the original villain in the in the TOS mm-hmm. episode, they brought him in, and he was a Klingon who was in effect, made to look like a human for multiple reasons. But I I digress. It was just, it reminded me, watching that episode um, reminded me again of this idea, and this might be an interesting future discussion, is how best do you role-play within the original series world versus the 23rd century versus yeah. the 25th versus yeah. the 32nd?
1: Um, or or even beyond. I mean, it brings us kind of full circle. I mean, I think our point is there are so many of these worlds that have been created yeah. and that are being created on screen, on paper, on online. Um, very few people have the ability to walk amongst so many worlds well oh yeah and and
0: speaking of which um you know i had i had been looking online in the past two months at different um rpg systems yeah and material and and one of the books that i have on my shelf that Mm -hmm. i love is in effect the um marvel encyclopedia Yeah. Um, And um, there's also I'm a big Captain America fan and it's the Mm -hmm. ultimate guide. And the gentleman who wrote it, Matt Forbeck, Mm -hmm. also wrote and was involved with Shotguns and Sorcery, which is a RPG that's out there. Yep. Yep. The more I looked and and what was fascinating was he was also involved with some of the story writing and so on for Ghost Recon and Assassin's Creed the video games, which Mm -hmm. really intrigued my son who's a video that uh-huh. i think i think he would have loved to have done the interview instead of us and probably um, would have done a far better job yeah. and so yep and so i just gave it away by saying yeah you did yes we're good we're gonna so sorry we just we just got done talking about that i needed to not do that matt's actually relatively close to where um i live and where yep, jason and where i grew up. up
1: yeah and
0: mm-hmm. he was relatively close lives relatively close to uh, Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, which was the
1: home, the the epicenter, right. Of of
0: TSR Mm -hmm. and it's where the original gen cons used to be before they moved them. Yeah. So he was right in the heart of it at an opportune time
1: and fairly early days too. as yeah, Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, so, so this is going to be a great episode and a great interview talking to someone who is also a Wisconsinite. Um, transplant, but a Wisconsinite. Yep, yep Matt, yep. you are a Wisconsinite, and still still um, yep, we'll still have you. And so, um, definitely one to listen to through, and then uh, we'll talk about it when we're done.
1: Yeah, and I think I think before we jump into the interview, Brad, we we have to we have to do Matt justice by just just clarifying for everybody. And you'll hear the bio in a moment, and then Matt's going to talk all about. All about how he's wandered and ridden and designed, but he has written across so many canons, and he has been involved as a as a as a founder, as a creator across so many different games and other lines. Uh, I think it's fair to say that Matt is Matt has a background, unlike anyone with whom we have yet to speak, just the sheer diversity of his creative work and the depth of history behind that wouldn't you say it's really something yeah
0: and 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 i just want to reaffirm because i didn't do this so apologies to matt not only is he involved in gaming he's a novel writer
1: so he
0: writes novels as well has gotten involved in games and other things that you'll hear about Mm -hmm. so very very prolific in terms of his background and well worth um it was well worth having this discussion with him um, cause it just, it, it made us both feel, um, like we had the time and, and for me, the talent to be able to put in the type of effort that was yeah. done. It's, you know?
1: it's really, especially for those of you out there in the podcast verse, uh, if you're looking at writing or creating or doing anything around RPGs, TTRPGs, I think that's right. I think, listen to this episode. He, he, he has something to say about this. Yeah, absolutely. Matt Forbeck is a prolific author who has spent most of his career as a freelancer, so he's done lots of different things for different people. Besides that, Matt co-founded Pinnacle Entertainment Group with Shane Lacey Hensley back in 1996, and he was company president for nearly four years, leaving in late 1999. In 2002, Matt joined Human Head Studios to head up their new adventure games division. He left them in September of 2004 to dedicate himself to freelancing full-time once again. In all, Matt has worked on projects that have been nominated for 28 Origins Awards and have won 17. They've also won 10 Ennies and a number of InQuest Fan Awards and a Scribe Award. So as you've heard,
0: we have Matt Forbeck with us tonight. Um, to say that, Matt, you're a, you're a bit of a writer, I think would be an mm. extraordinary understatement. Um, and you've been doing games, obviously, role playing and working on, you know, video games and writing, writing actually books that tie into video games for quite a while.
2: Yeah, I enjoy it. <laughs> it's good fun. I think so.
0: <laughs> I saw, you know, like like the Halo books, and oh, I see yeah. I see the the junior version of the Rogue One book. Which, yep. Yeah. You know,
2: Minecraft Dungeons, Guild Wars, yeah. Life is Strange, Marvel encyclopedias, all sorts of stuff. Right.
1: You've cut across more IPs, more domains, more canons than I think anyone I've seen out there.
2: Could be. There's been quite a few. I mean, part of that is like I'm in the industry that does this kind of stuff, so I know a number of people who have probably crossed just as many as I do. At a certain point, you stop counting because you just don't even know, you know, how do you total this stuff up, and what's the point? Really, it's not a yeah. competition.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. But it, the fun part is that if you're a geek about this stuff, you get to be a geek professionally. So, yeah. And then, nice. like, I've never read anything for Star Trek, but I have a lot of friends who write Star Trek novels and such. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. But you know, I'd rather read your stuff, anyhow. So I'll, I'll go write something else. Like the Life is Strange <laughs> book that nobody else, I think I've written the one that exists in the world.
0: So, you feel uh, the pull to Star Trek? Just out of curiosity, I know. you. Said.
2: you know, I, was, I was a big Star Trek fan growing up. And, you know, I watched even with my wife and kids. So, yeah, you know, if somebody came up and said, Matt, we want you to write this. The trouble is that I know a lot of guys who know Star Trek like 10 times better than I do. Right. right. So I would be racing from behind to catch up with uh, guys like David Mack and etc. Uh, yeah. You know, a bunch of these guys I know from different conventions and such. And uh, Greg Cox and whatever. Uh, so for me to catch up with them would be a long haul. Now, I understand they're actually kind of they terminated the literary canon for that just recently. And they're going to like be rebooting with a whole other thing. Um, so, you know, who knows at that point? Actually, I think I know the people who do. I think it's Ed Schlesinger over at uh, Pocket Books. who's one of the guys in charge of it. Who I wrote uh, the Halo novels for. So, I mean, it's not unheard of if I wanted to call up Ed and say, "Hey, uh, I really got a hanker to write Mister Spock," you know, and that might happen. (laughs) Um, But you know, I'm pretty busy, so I'm not usually banging on the door for work these days, which is also a great thing.
0: Yeah, it's a good thing in the pandemic. So, so here's a broad-based question. Without and I want to try to focus it, just because otherwise you'll you'll look at me funny, and (laughs) and we'll have to have a discussion after. But, um. How did you get into this genre of material writing
2: mm-hmm. I, by this genre? I guess you mean like, uh, like, like sci-fi, science fiction, whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> I kind of grew up on it. I mean, I was a big, uh, geek as a kid. I was, uh, uh asthmatic, uh, from like almost birth who, you know, like, uh, the medicine I took stunted me. So I wasn't really athletic or anything. I basically sat around and read books all the time. Right.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and, uh, and I loved it. Right. I love reading books. So, uh, I also started playing games very early on, things like that, you know, video games, even when they were just starting out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so my dad was also a science fiction and fantasy, uh, fan, although he wasn't really a geek in the, you know, he's an attorney and he's a judge and all this kind of stuff. So, yeah, but he was the guy who handed me doom, you know, and said, here, oh, read this. Yes. So, um, it wasn't exactly, Yes, you know, he wasn't a stranger to any of it. Uh, he was more like the Heinlein type stuff, whatever mm-hmm. else, Frank Herbert. Mm-hmm. Um, Then, uh, you know, I got into Lord of the Rings and things like that on my own. Um, And then when the opportunity came up to actually start writing this stuff, I was like, yeah, sure. Why the hell wouldn't I do that? But part of it was I grew up in Wisconsin, right? Uh, And Wisconsin is kind of a hotbed for fantasy, mostly because Dungeons and Dragons was the Mm -hmm. original publisher for it was in Wisconsin, Lake Geneva. Mm -hmm. And I grew up about uh, maybe a 40 minute drive from the offices of TSR where that Mm -hmm. all started. And when I was a kid, uh, I, because I was able to go to my first Gen Con when I was very fairly young, I went to my first uh, conventions at Boyd College uh, when uh, I think Gary Gygax even came out and autographed books for us and stuff like that. And I kind of got hooked on it early on. And so my first Gen Con I went to, I was 13, I guess, 14 years old. It was 1985. Uh, and yeah. uh, this last Gen Con that I went to was my 40th in a row right so i just you know or wow. with the asterisk of the pandemic when they didn't have one that year yeah um so you know i've been doing this for a long time and so get doing games and you know a lot of the games are, you know fantasy related high fantasy or whatever yeah, and science fiction and doing that led into the, doing games and such and you know reading comics from an early age let grew into all that much of that stuff as well so it really wasn't that much of a leap for me i mean people are like how do you jump all this stuff i'm like no man i've been immersed in this from day one I mean, it's uh ken height was uh, i was joking about this with me one time he, uh, somebody asked how long did it take you to research the marvel encyclopedia when you wrote an edition of that and he's like well it just took him his whole life because you know, that's what he's been doing
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean if you live it then then all you're doing is putting putting mind to paper yeah and now now you, we one thing i wanted to make sure to mention is um you have a Kickstarter out there. It's ended now. You're in process yeah, yeah, it's of it, overdone. right?
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: for Shotguns and sh- Sorcery, yep. um, source book that works with 5E. Yep. Um, you had written books about this and then decided to go down the game path. Do I have that right?
2: Yeah, actually, originally it started out way back in like 2001 as a uh, a pitch I was throwing around for a, f- a third edition uh, set, mm. right? Because uh, I just left Pinnacle Entertainment Group, which is a company I founded that did Deadlands and Brave New World and a bunch of other games. Now they do Savage Worlds and mm-hmm. a bunch of other stuff. And um, I'm like, okay, you know, third edition is going great. Let me see if I, anybody wants to buy this. I actually licensed it to Mongoose Publishing, which was a fairly prominent D20 publisher back in the day. And then my wife got pregnant with quadruplets. And I said, well, guys, I don't have time to do this right now. So I shelved it for about a decade wow. until uh, Robin Laws asked me for a short story for an anthology he was editing called The New Hero. And I said, well, let me dust this thing off and I'll write a story from that. Um, And I wrote another story and another story. And then uh, in 2012, I did this crazy project where I tried to write 12 novels in a year called 12 of 12. And I broke them up into four Kickstarters and ran a kick uh, or yeah, four trilogies, ran a Kickstarter for each one and uh, managed to pull it off. uh, Actually, I didn't write all 12 novels. I managed to write 10 novels that year and I think nine issues of The Magic, The Gathering comic book. And a short uh, a novella for StarCraft Two, So it was not quite a dozen novels, but it's pretty close. <laughs> wow.
0: It's incredible. Was that what Robin you- Laws of like Hero Quest fame? Just out of curiosity. Yeah, yeah, that's him.
2: Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Ken Hype before. Those are the guys who do uh Ken and Robin talk about stuff, right? All right. Yeah. yeah. I
1: I gotta go back for a sec to the 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 10 plus and 12 here. How how do you how how do you do that? I mean, what does your what does your typical day, your typical week look like for you to output that much creativity?
2: Well, you know that was ten years ago. I'm a bit slower now. Um, you know, pandemic has kind of disrupted a lot of things for a lot of people, yeah. including me. I've, I haven't actually written a novel in a, a couple of years now, mostly because I've been working on video games and tabletop role mm-hmm. playing games again. And uh, but back in the day, I was able to easily crank out about five thousand words a day. Right? I, uh, when I'm typing and write about a thousand words an hour, and you know, you, your whole day doesn't go into writing. So, I mean a lot of writing is not actually typing, right? A lot of writing is sitting down and plotting and thinking your characters Mm -hmm. and doing research and whatever else. But I was regularly, from when I was younger, even uh, able to put out about 5,000 words a day, which is how I was able to make a living for myself as a role-playing game writer on a nickel a word. Because if you can write quickly, then you can feed yourself, right? But if you can't write quickly at a nickel a word, it's got to be a hobby. So Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there were three guys in the industry that were like, there was me and Shane Hensley, who I started pinnacle with. And uh, Steve Wong, who actually wrote some stuff for us at Pinnacle and then ended up taking over the Lord of the Rings game and then bought Champions, actually bought into Champions, which was his, uh, th- his magnum opus. He just loved Champions from when he was a little kid. So, um, But you know, the three of us were guys who could just bang out words like crazy. Half of it is just learning how to get out of your way. And most of that really is by writing an outline. If you're in an outline, then you don't have to put as much thought yeah, in, or right. much hesitation into it. You don't have mm-hmm. to stop and say, where am I going next? Um, but my secret is really doing an outline. It's very thin. A lot of people, like I have friends who will do like a 20,000 word outline for a 100,000 oh, word book. I'm like, well, that seems like a lot of work. <laughs> um, yeah. So I will actually do like a three or four page outline for a 100,000 word book. Yeah. And that way, if I come up with a better ideas I'm writing, I don't mind throwing stuff away. But on the other hand, it also gives me a, a, a set of uh, milestones and guideposts that I can yeah. go by. Yeah. It's like a, a loose map. It's almost like picking up a map from a local diner and saying, I'm gonna drive by this now. And mm-hmm. you know, if it makes mm-hmm. you someplace interesting or where you want to go, great. But if hopefully it's a lot of fun on the trip either way.
0: Wow. Oh, I mean I just <laughs> doing that that much creativity in a short amount of time, I can't and as someone who used to be a musician, I can't fathom it. Um <laughs> either that or I'm just it's more than likely I'm just not all that creative. Oh, no, no, um, I mean you know. This,
2: this is my full-time job, right? I I don't do other things. In fact, I've I've since I got out of college not done anything else other than creative work right um I guess I was a a part-time course assistant at University of Michigan in their fantasy and science fiction courses for one year right which is not exactly uh too far from what I do so um but everything else I've done has been you know related to designing games or writing Mm -hmm. books or or that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff so um for so for me creativity is not just like something I do in my spare time after I've right. know, blown most of my energy on a day. It's what I wake up and do when I get up in the morning until I fall asleep at night. And because of that, I mean, it's, I'm just saying, it's not like that miraculous. I've got two bookshelves full, full of stuff I've done uh, just sitting over here. Uh, but that's because every time you do something as a creator like that, you get a souvenir at the end of it, right? You get a box for a book or whatever to put on right. a shelf. Right, you right. know, uh, my wife is a social worker. She had gotten right. a, uh, a pamphlet to put on for every kid she helps. she'd probably have more bookshelves than I do. Right. Mm. But you don't get that yeah. kind of stuff.
0: So. Right. Just, yeah.
2: It's like having trophies when you're done. Yeah.
0: So I I was going to ask, I was, you know, obviously you're busy, so I'm going to have to reword this. So <laughs> if time were, pr- if, if you had time infinite amount of time, you know, obviously you're, you're working in the five V <laughs> realm, would there be other games or other things you wouldn't mind jumping back into to just play rather than just to write
2: i still play games i mean i don't play as many tabletop role-playing games as i used to mostly i say that i do that at conventions with my kids and i do it occasionally mm-hmm. at home but you know, um, part of being a full-time creator especially in, if you're doing tabletop games is that you end up playing games and then just tearing them apart right you're looking at mechanics not like the right. story that you're building which is what right. people are really playing the games for right uh, like I'm working on the Marvel role-playing game right now, and honestly, I take it apart, I tear it apart, I, I test the mechanics, but I haven't actually sat down and played out a whole campaign because mm-hmm. that's not what I'm here for. Right. right, I'm here to design the game to give other people tools to tell their stories. And we're gonna be doing you know adventures later on. I'll be able to you know write those out and describe mm-hmm. them, test those out. Mm-hmm. But at the moment it's all just hardcore you know basic mechanics. So. Um, So, you know, I'm a terrible game player. I often say I don't play a game often enough. I often don't play the same game more than two or three times. Once I figure out how it works, I'm moving on to the next thing to figure out how that one works. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because I'm taking apart, I'm dissecting them, vivisecting them to figure out how they actually function. And then I've got what I want out of them. Right. So it's rare that I actually get to be good at a game because, again, unless my kids say, oh, that was fantastic. We got to play it again. Uh, I, I don't spend that much time. Uh, last time we did that i think we did uh betrayal at, ho- at ho- betrayal legacy which is betrayal at, at the house on the hill uh, as a legacy version which basically means you have to pay, play like 10 or a dozen different adventures they're all strung together right hmm. so that was the last time i played a game where i actually played it that many times yeah uh, it took us like a year to get through it because you know oh yeah you know, busy kids busy dad and all that so. mm-hmm. uh, but tons of fun you know i, I enjoy it. But I play a lot of video games. I play, I watch a lot of TV and movies. I read books. I read comics. Uh, I tend to be streaky about it though. Cause like, for instance, I wrote two editions of the Marvel encyclopedia. I wrote some Avengers books, Captain America books. I can tell you when I'm done with one of those books, I don't want to read comics for about a year.
1: Right? Okay. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> I just put them away. I'm like, no, I'm done. I've, my head has exploded. I'm going to go read a book. I'm going to sit on a beach. I'm going to play a video game. I want to shoot things, whatever. I'm not going to screw around with this. So. Um, just because your brain gets overloaded. Right. And then my brain empties out, and I forget everything I wrote. People are like, "What about this?" I bet you I could beat you at trivia. I'm like, "Yes, yes, you can," because I've forgotten all that shit. I've moved on to three different <laughs> books past that, <laughs> right? Or that even came out. I don't know what you're talking about.
0: Anymore. Real briefly, because I you you mentioned it briefly. I don't want to. I don't want to go past NDAs and things like that. So sure. you are working on an RPG for Marvel. Yep. Um, and. Do you have a, you know, can you talk about like reg like general time frame is when you think it might come out or something like that? Uh, it has
2: been announced as coming out this spring, so sh- we're actually oh, nice. about to put it to the printer like any damn second. So, wow. Uh, so we're just putting the finishing touches on what we call the playtest rulebook. So there's going to be a hundred and four hundred and twenty page playtest rulebook that's going to be out for like ten bucks, right? Mm-hmm. And you can buy nice. it at comic book stores or game stores, and you can buy it online as well. Um, and, uh, that'll be out. And then what we're hoping to do is get people to actually turn in playtest information for us, see how it works. Mm-hmm. We're going to do that for about six months. And then I got a gun on writing the rest of the book for like three or four months until it goes off to the printer. And then we'll hope to have what we call the core rule book mm-hmm. out in the, probably the summer of
0: 2023. So, wow. That's fast! About, I, yeah. That's 10 bucks for a $420 book. Or 420 page book about oh, that's Marvel 120 artwork.
2: page book. Oh, no, 120 that's no, okay,
0: still, no. still, no, it's,
2: but it's 10 bucks. It's it's full color, it's got it's like oh. there's a Marvel artwork in it. It's gorgeous. Yeah, who's, uh, we got, who's, who's publishing that? Um, Marvel's publishing it. Oh, it is.
1: It's actually, yeah. I'm actually
2: working directly with one of the special departments over at Marvel. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so it's it's been a lot of fun. They're great people, they're very enthusiastic about it. I don't have to worry about getting approvals from a licensor. Right, right. right.
1: Yeah.
2: It's them, right? And yeah. They're like, uh, well, what do we know about this? They're like, well, we know the answer to that question. <laughs> um, it's pretty <laughs> right. easy. Although, like, you know, I was just having a conversation the other day. It's like, I don't think that character is that tall. I think that they may have grown a bit over the years. And so now they're a bit t- they're drawing them like an adult now, not like a kid. You need to. Uh, maybe check your stats on that. So Mm. because I've been doing this stuff for years, I can
1: sometimes, you know, say,
2: well, maybe we should look at that closer.
1: How many, how many beta testers, ideally, would you like to get on something like this? Like what, what are you looking for?
2: Oh, well, hopefully thousands, right? I mean, uh, we had uh, dozens of them for the alpha test, right? which is basically Mm -hmm. in-house and whatever else. And we had, we had uh, like, Maybe a dozen different groups actually help us out. Mm-hmm. And they're going to, you know, they all get credit in the front of the book and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, for this, you know, hopefully we'll get thousands of responses. I'm yeah, not sure where nice. it'll end up being. I mean, it's Marvel, so I assume it's going to sell a bunch. Right. And, but on the other hand, I also know that probably, you know, 10% of the people are actually going to turn in anything. Uh, but who knows? I mean, it's the first time I've run something like mm-hmm. this, like a massive public play test. So we'll find out. And ideally, what will happen is, you know, I'll get some results and then I'll say, oh, great. I got a great new idea and I'll put that up. And maybe we'll figure out a way to post it online and say, this is the new version of it. Mm -hmm. uh, Or this is the new powers that we're testing this week or whatever. And can you answer a survey about that as well? I mean, Wizards of the Coast has been doing this with uh, 5E since they, before they even published it. Right. So uh, we're kind of modeling it on that, trying to get that kind of response, you know, that kind of feedback. How it will actually work out is anybody's guess.
0: Yeah. yeah i know F- i know at the time mm. fantasy flight did this did something yeah, i was thinking the same thing with uh, with, uh, with edge of the empire when it first yeah, came with out all of them. First,
1: yeah yeah mm-hmm. so in fact it not not a visit to the half price by my house goes by not yeah. one single visit without one of the beta books being on the shelf that's funny yeah
2: now it's because you're up near fantasy flight right so that's you're <laughs> minnesota nowadays right so yeah yeah uh, no, that'll do it. <laughs> yep, I still
0: remember, I, I, I remember when I was working in the 90s when Gen Con still happened here and you'd see yeah, the yeah. people and in, in what what I didn't know at the time, but now it was cosplay or, right. you know, full out decked out. And it's sad that we don't have that here anymore. Although um, there is a, you know, you, one of the conferences or one of the, the conventions you're going to is one in the Midwest, right? One of the biggest yeah. ones in the Midwest.
2: Well, I generally go to just a few conventions a year. I always go to Gen Con, which is in Indianapolis nowadays, which is in the Midwest, right? Uh, It's about a five-hour drive from me. Um, Then there's uh, Gamehole Con, which is a very wonderful one in Madison, Wisconsin, um, which is one of my favorite shows. I've been to everyone except, I think, the first one. And they always have me out as a special guest. And they're wonderful people there. They do a really great job bringing in guests from all across the country. Uh, They fly them in for the weekend. Uh, You know, sometimes, sometimes they're old school, sometimes they're new school. Uh, but they're almost all role-playing game related as opposed to like, you know, board games or right. know, multiple card games, or whatever. Um, there's a Nexus game fair in Milwaukee that does a pretty good job too, mm-hmm. and occasionally I've been a guest at that one. Uh, I think they haven't done anything for the last couple of years because of the pandemic, but what are you going to do? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, do you
2: have- uh, and I'm actually going to be a guest at Kublicon. that's what it is, over Memorial Day weekend in San Francisco. So Look, that's Now good. that's
1: actually that's great. Cool. Yeah. yeah exactly. and actually so, i think i'm
2: gonna probably be at uh, san diego comic-con and new york comic-con this year because of wow. the marvel movie, right
1: yeah yeah they go everywhere
2: they well yeah. actually marvel doesn't do too many conventions right but they do the big
1: ones right? they do the big ones yeah
2: um so yeah. I, i've been brought to those conventions for other for like when i was writing the marvel encyclopedia or whatever mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. dk publishing who was the publisher of that one would bring me right. to those shows so i could sign up books and you know posters and stuff like that which is always kind of fun, but you know, it's like yeah. sitting in a booth and yeah, you know, as long as you're handing out free posters, people will stop by. <laughs> so that's
1: All that. yeah.
0: Well, I have a copy of that because Captain America is my favorite oh, yeah. Marvel character. So I have, I have the guide on my book, my bookshelf over here.
2: Uh, apparently um, they released a new one just like in the last couple months, months. I didn't even know about it. So yeah.
0: This was, I have the one that had your name in it. So I guess I double checked it as soon as I saw it. on. Well, uh,
2: apparently my name's in both of them, right? Cause what oh, they really? do is they okay. update them and then they just, Add the new author's name. Yeah,
1: so, makes sense.
2: Uh, ah, okay. And they update them like every five years. So it makes sense. I mean, there's new stuff. Uh, and it, nobody called me this time, but if they had, I probably would have said, nah, I'm too busy with those other things. So fair yeah. enough.
0: Yeah. Obviously, yeah. So you mentioned the Marvel yeah. RPGs or anything. And obviously only things that you're able to talk about. Are there other sure. things that you're working on right now?
2: Uh, let's see, the Shotguns and Sorcery 5e book that I'm working on with my mm-hmm. son. I'm still editing that, uh, trying to yeah. get out the door uh i it's been announced that i'm working on warhammer 40,000 tacticus which is a oh. uh, mobile game that's coming out and we did a soft launch i think for the first second oh, in malaysia and i think they actually are available uh to english-speaking countries nowadays too um what else can i tell you about i got nope that's it <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, i've got i'm working on like uh another video game that hasn't been announced that's I'm going to probably wrap work on in April. And I just started work this week on a third video game. And I'm talking to somebody about working on a fourth video game at the moment too. So. And you're,
0: Um, and you have your son involved with you on some of this. Yeah. He does some
2: of it. I, it's, I like to slough as much as I can but like the Warhammer thing. I, but he doesn't know anything about Warhammer. I've known about it forever. Right. Yeah. Um, So he's not able to help with that one so much. 5e stuff he knows better than I do, actually. So I'm like, Marty, you're writing mechanics of this stuff, and I'm going to come through and brush it up. We hired Rob Schwab, who's an old friend of mine, who was actually one of the fifth edition designers, and he's a great designer of his own, doing um, Shadow of the Demon Lord and Punk Apocalyptic, I think. Uh, Great stuff. Rob's a great designer. He was the developer. He actually, the funny part is we were doing the Kickstarter, and somebody said, is Rob going to help you out with that one? Because he actually did the mechanics for the Cypher System edition that we did for Shotguns and Sorcery. And I'm like, damn, that's a good idea. Why didn't I talk to Rob? So,
1: yeah, <laughs> so I
2: emailed Rob. I said, Rob, can you help me? He's like, yeah. So you know, he jumped right in. I was like, God, I can't believe you got time and you're available. Let's do it. So um, he did quick work on it and you know, turn around right away. And uh, now I just have to edit it up. I'm turning it over to the layout guy, hopefully next week. Um, and then we'll have it out the door probably. Well, to PDF form we'll have out the door Hopefully in March, we'll see. And then we're not even promising the printed books until August. So yeah. barring any kind of wild uh, supply chain issues, which uh, obviously there are a lot of these days, yeah. we should be able to get out before then. I'm actually planning to print in um, in the US and ship out. I got a printer in Tennessee I'm working with and Atlas nice. Games is going to be doing fulfillment
1: for us, which is up oh, actually yes. here
2: next to the Woodchase. And they're up in, well, they're in Duluth nowadays, the main office.
1: Oh, wow, okay. I am, I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious, Matt. So, I mean, you, you are active creating, obviously in terms of, of writing novels, yeah. comics, all of these different things and tabletop and video game. And, you know, in my mind, if we think of a Venn diagram, how similar and or disparate is it for you creating in those different media? I mean, there's clearly overlap on our yeah. end, but on your end, what's that like? They're,
2: they're actually pretty different. Um, but on the other hand, I mean, people are like, oh, how do you make the jump from one to one on I'm like, well, you have to learn the form. You have to learn the expectations. You have to learn the tropes are being used. You have to learn to communicate with people in different teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the difference between writing a novel and writing a video game is tremendous because in a novel, it's you and the page. In a video game, it's you and a staff of you know two or 300 other people sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it might be as few as three or four. could be three or 400.
1: Right.
2: So you always have to, that's, and because of that, as a writer also, it's a video game your work is often fairly low on the totem pole, right? I mean, you Mm -hmm. have a lot of development work you're doing for, but you're not guiding the ship, so to speak, right? Right. So so it's a very different process. But as long as you're able to sit down and learn all those formatting things and everything else, it's actually fairly straightforward. Uh, To me, the main thing is that no matter what you're doing in this, you're always telling a story, right? And if if you enjoy telling a story and you know how to tell a story, then the format is just a secondary thing, whether it's, you know, chatting with a guy uh, at a bar over a beer or, uh, you know, writing a screenplay or a comic book, the format matters, but really the the key skill that you need to have is the storytelling skill. And if you master Mm -hmm. that, then you can master the other forms.
0: Wow. Fascinating. Yeah. Like you, like you said, Jason, just a Venn diagram of looking at this, like, you know, Mm -hmm. um, you know, dust and blood bowl and Marvel and halo, um, you know, it, I have trouble keeping up with just one RPG at a time. Yes. Um, just well, you know. Me too. It, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. But just it's it's prolific. If you if if people go out to fourback.com, um, and we'll mm-hmm. put this in the show notes. Yep. Um, you can actually see right on the front page. You know, uh, and it, I'm I'm betting this isn't everything either.
2: No, no, that's yeah. only about like the last ten years, right? So yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and I've been doing this for like thirty-two years now, so it's not even mm-hmm. close to everything. You know, once you start going back far enough, though things drop out of print. They don't exist anymore. You know, you can find them, but they're, they're harder to look up. Um, like uh, just yesterday, I was uh, online and somebody was talking about the Lord of the Rings role playing game. I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember working on that. And I'm like, oh, shit, that was 20 years ago. Holy cow. <laughs> Um, and this was for the movie, the, the one that was based in the movies that came out from Decipher yeah, in yeah. 2002. I was the one of the, I was the last developer on that. Steve Long actually was the first developer. And then when uh, they bought Champions, he moved off to do that. And I ended up working as the next developer. So I'm credited as not as one of the designers, but as developer, editor, and author. A lot of credits in the game. Um, but I remember working on that in my wife's hospital room when she was pregnant with quadruplets on a laptop it. And, you know, so now they're going to turn 20 in June, and the game will be 20 around the same time. And it's kind of nuts to think about, you know.
1: Wow, man. Hey, it you know,
2: adds up,
0: you know. <laughs> I, you know, I so you okay. obviously you even you even had experience working with the cipher as well. I remember them from yeah, yeah. even some of the collectible card games they had back at the day in the day. Um, curious, just curious, more personal curiosity. I think so. Brave New World. You have a. A trilogy of books, Brave New World. Yeah. Um, is that like alt, like alt history type of thing? Yeah, it is. It's
2: actually got nothing to do with Aldous Huxley. It's got to do with the, the Huxley and I decided we were both going to steal our quote from the same thing, which is Shakespeare's The Tempest, right? It's when Miranda, who's uh, uh, Prospero's daughter, the wizard's daughter, uh, her true love washes up on the beach and she's never seen a, a male in her life other than her father. And she looks down and says, Oh, Brave New World that has such people in it. And I'm like, oh, that's perfect for a superhero game, goddamn it! I'm stealing that. Mm. Um, you know, that was maybe a little bit presumptuous considering that there's you know, all this Huxley's novel out there too. But um, but I loved it. I, I decided I, I couldn't get rid of it, so I, I kept at it. I, that actually started out as a role-playing game. It came out in 1999 as a oh. alt history uh, uh, dystopian supers role-playing game, right? That was published originally by Pinnacle Entertainment Group. And then uh, when I split off from Pinnacle Entertainment, there was actually three of us there. There was me and Shane, and then AEG was our third partner, Alderac Entertainment Group. So we split apart. Alderac actually bought the game from me and then hired me to write six more books for it. And then they then the line ended. Uh, and then about, uh, what was it, like three years ago, somebody made them an offer for the game, and they came to me and said, Matt, uh, they're going to pay us this much. Would you? What do you want us to do? I said, I'll match it. Uh, and so... I actually own the game now. I actually, but I have to find time to do something with it. So, once, uh, if it turns out that uh, Marty is still not doing anything after we push the uh, Shotguns and Sorcery 5e book out the door, I may just have him set to doing the, five, the Brave New World game right and updating that for me Hmm.
1: oh
0: that is i'm i'm an alt history person so i love reading like harry Turtledove and others and so when i saw this i'm like oh goodness hello amazon or as they say (laughs) out as they say out in twitter land hashtag take my money there you go um so So well i don't i don't want to you've you've had a you know we talked a little bit before um we jumped online to record. So I don't want to, I don't want to keep you. You had a very, you had a very busy day online and so on.
2: Every day is a long
0: day. (laughs) Yeah. Well, especially these days when you have to, it's almost different or difficult to sit in front of a camera that is to just sit in a room. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for taking the time with us. Oh, absolutely fascinating. Yeah. Absolutely fascinating. We'd love to, because obviously we're all three Wisconsinites Mm. by birth, even though we might've gone other places. you Jesus. Jason never, Jason never came back.
1: I left for a year. It's been twenty. I really don't know what happened.
0: He's not that yeah. far away. No, those? I'm not. <laughs> That's
1: right. No, no.
0: I, if I'm if I'm cautious and careful, I can get up there in about four hours. Yeah, please so. tell me
1: beforehand. Yes, I know. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm a pop in guy. Yeah. So oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, it's a four hour trip. Yeah. So, hey, thanks again. Hopefully, we hopefully as time permits for you with everything going on, you'll you'll come back on and join us. As... Oh, I'd be happy to yeah marvel releases and everything so yeah. thank you thank you really i mean that's i'm i'm actually anxious now to get the play test book um just because yeah. you know yeah. getting being able to assist that kind of stuff and actually play it and be able to make that type of recommendation you know yeah. pretty um, neat
2: yeah it's now, pretty neat people stuff. like it and the, the the play tests are not too brutal right
0: mm-hmm. right <laughs>
2: <laughs> other than that we'll be we'll, we'll have a good time with them, i'm sure
1: that's awesome that's neat. so so yeah matt thanks so much it's been a real pleasure
2: oh, thank you guys for having me on always a pleasure to chat with anybody especially about all this fun stuff i do and it's always good to talk to fellow wisconsin folks
0: well if i didn't feel inadequate as a writer or gamer before um there it is i definitely do now um yeah wow yeah um you know and obviously he's working on other materials that that are coming out in the future and I'll be anxious to see what those are. Oh yeah. Um, You know, but hearing from someone, hearing their story, um, starting a company, you know, moving out, moving on, but still keeping in touch Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. all of the writers that he kept in touch with, or he knew writers that we know. Yeah. If you read, even if you read Trek or Star Wars or other things, we're talking about authors and writers that you probably know. And if you didn't know them, you've read their material.
1: I think it's a reminder to me that regardless of the size of some of these franchises, and and some of them are huge, but regardless of their size, when it comes down to the people who are actively doing the creative work, it is still a relatively small community. And it's, we think we've seen a welcoming community, people who, who do what they do because they are passionate about it and about these canons and franchises and about these games and just so many freelancers who have done so many wonderful things. And it just goes back to what you and I were saying, Brad, before the interview and what Matt said while we were chatting with him. And Matt, thank you again for the time. We know it was a really busy day for you that night. Um, He had just gotten off a
0: six-hour call. Seven? Oh,
1: yeah, but what, seven- or eight-hour day? Right. Yeah, Just crazy.
0: I mean, the fact, Matt, thank you again. The fact that you were willing to jump on and do this after that type of day of being on camera. Yeah. um, Wow. Tells you something about it.
1: Because when we were, he he and I were chatting because you were having a login issue for a moment. And so Matt and I were talking, and I thanked him for joining us, and he had been telling me about his day. And I'm like oh, you know what? Let's, let's reschedule. You don't owe us anything. And he's like, no, no, let's go. You know, just the kind of person he is. So that's just, as we're saying, what a, what a cool community around these. Campaigns. And he has a, he has a
0: passion. He has a yeah. passion for what he does. Mm-hmm. So, and, and um, quadruplets, you know, <laughs> and I mean, not that that that's wasn't a
1: life choice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, we didn't even, I didn't even bring that up. I mean, being able to do what you're able to do and work with, you know, and, and, and raise, raise your kids, um, all at the same age at the same time. I mean, it's different. You and I have, have kids that range, you know, about two years apart. Um, it's a very different experience, You know, raising kids to a two different part and raising two of them versus four of them all at once.
1: I can't even, I mean, I love raising two of them, but but we ended, we, we, and that we, was, a, we
0: chose yeah. personally, we, we chose personally to stop it too. Cause we knew we can handle that, it.
1: We, you know? that's, that's exactly right. I yep. couldn't,
0: I knew that I didn't have the ability to do what Matt did.
1: My life, wife got a so. dog in lieu of more children.
0: That oh, was our okay. compromise. Yeah. Okay. That's, yep. that's, I didn't think of it. Maybe that's why we got our dog. I'll have to ask her after oh yeah we're done yeah. with.
1: That's with why you dogs. now have but, 15 dogs. No,
0: I'm just kidding. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. we got two. We got two. You do too Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so thanks again to Matt. Um, real briefly before we go, a uh, quick little GM corners. Yeah. Anything that um, has caught your eye or that you're working on or have been working on lately?
1: Well, so. Um, or the, reading. La- the latter. Um, I mean, I've been reading a lot lately, which is lovely, but, but the, the latter actually, it's been a little while since I've provided uh, an update on the book. And so as, yes. as this episode, as this episode drops, um, you know, my, my colleague, uh, and friend, Aaron and I are, are writing this book. We've mentioned it before on leadership. Go ahead. And, uh, and, um, Aaron was on the show. Yeah. Aaron was on the show. One of our most yeah. popular episodes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and we'll, we we'll, you know, we'll have him back without question. Once this, once this comes out, but that's a ways off just because the public, the publishing process as we're discovering is slow. Uh, And that's, that's okay, especially with supply chain stuff. But uh, as this episode drops, you know, we've been writing for well over a year and we are approximately a month away from submitting the full draft of the book. Uh, And so just to remind everybody, this is, this is our, um, our, our uh book on leadership lessons through the lens of the grand captains of Star Trek. So that's just a little a little update. It's been busy. Re- remind me,
0: Aaron isn't up there in Minnesota with you, right?
1: Uh, he oh. he is, but not in town. He's is, he's is, he's not in the in the twin cities the only reason I asked is, is yeah.
0: when it's published, I want an autographed copy from the authors.
1: Oh so yeah, we'll we'll I, sign it. I yeah. need to make sure that
0: both of you sign it yeah. and and not and keep this rated right G. I want you to sign it appropriately so anything's my... possible
1: Brett okay, anything's I know, possible i know then i'm going to need one that's unsigned so that i can yeah. use that we're we're still it's it's you know everybody it's still a long ways from being released it, again that's just the that's just the the process once we submit the final the the full draft excuse me then it goes through a peer review process cuz this is an academic press um and so we're talking months after that It'll actually be sent for printing, so it's coming. But it's the first time in a while where I've had a substantive update. Brad, what what have you um, what have you uh, been doing as of late? It,
0: interestingly enough for me, so I've been through so like by you know, um, Modiphius announced the retirement of yep. um, Mutant Chronicles. Um, I have been um, reading some older material from Green Ronin, um, uh-huh. the Dragon Age RPG. Nice. And I have some uh, World of Dragon Age and all that. I have some additional material. Now, I played the video game a little bit. Mm -hmm. I'll be perfectly honest with you. My first full experience with Dragon Age was when I was reading the materials for the RPG. And that was the second one. Am I getting that right? No, it wasn't. It was the third one I picked up that was Green Ronin. First one was the the True 20. Second one was Fantasy Age. Then it was um, Dragon Age because I found out that Fantasy Age was based off of the Dragon Age mechanic.
1: Yep. Yep. I so remember.
0: That's really without going without spending a ton of time. Um, that's what I've been kind of reading just because um, with Green Ronin, obviously in the midst of developing and releasing their new Cthulhu mm-hmm. RPG, um, I've been on a little bit of a kick in terms of the mechanics that Green Ronin uses. And I wanted to kind of Go back to one of the originals.
1: Yeah, nice um, to see. So nice. That's, that's been it from my end. Good deal. That's fine, and and hopefully we'll be talking with the good people from Green Ronin before long.
0: I, I suspect we will. Uh, mm-hmm. Troy, who's the PR guy, Green Ronin. Thank you for all that you've done for me, and yeah. we'll have Malcolm back on. Malcolm's been deeply involved in the Cthulhu, um, pro- the uh, Cthulhu Kickstarter and And Mm i really love and i think he would he would love to as well talk a bit about that because i think there's there is a lot about this that is not traditional um, and no disrespect to other games it's not traditional cthulhu type
1: mythos well and so and green ronin is just they're one of these publishers who's a little smaller who are doing some really interesting things uh, which they're very, which, it, yeah, man.
0: Yeah. They're, they're a, like a number of other ones that we've talked about. Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
0: they're very innovative and I love that. And there's a lot of other innovatives that we haven't even gotten to yet. And we'd love to talk to you, but I had, you know, I had an introduction to green Ronin from true 20 back in the day. Yep. And the more I read, the more I just realized how innovative they
1: are. Yeah. Very cool. All right, everybody with that, thank you as always for joining us. We will see you next week for another interview, another chat, and some more fun. Be well, stay well.